welcome to episode 131 of the Two Guys a Glove and a Coke Bottle podcast. He's Thomas Todd. He's Danny Sarchi. And we are playing better basketball in the Houston Rockets right now. My God. I just crossed over my cat <laughs> and slammed it home. Yeah, I, I didn't take a shot today and I'm having a better day than Trevor Ariza. Oh, man. James Harden having his typical good shooting. James Harden, really efficient day. The rest of the team, dump city. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, congratulations to the Warriors on advancing. Uh, this is not Warriors pod, although I'm pretty sure there's a lot of crossover in the two fan bases. So I don't know why we don't have a Warriors pod. We should do a Warriors pod. Eh, probably too late. Maybe next year. No, a- Ashley's shaking her head and says we should not do a Warriors pod. <laughs> okay. <laughs> She wants to see you more. So uh, anyway, thank you for thank you for tuning in to Two Guys with a Glove and a Coke Bottle, your Giants podcast, the top-rated Giants podcast on iTunes, at least until Alex Pavlovich catches up, up to us. So thanks for listening. Uh, this week and every week, we're brought to you by SeatGeek. Thomas? SeatGeek is our favorite ticket-buying app. It's a place where they aggregate all of the tickets across different internet sites. You can buy tickets there. You can sell tickets there. The best part, they let you know what all the good deals are with large green dots that look so appealing as a way to drop a few bucks on a ticket to a sports game, to an event, a concert, anything you want to do outdoors, indoors, but not at your house, you can do with SeatGeek. Yeah, so if you're looking at a game or a concert and you see some really nice seats that are pretty expensive, but uh, there's a green dot to it, that means that that's actually a really good deal. Uh, These are just really valuable seats, and you're paying a lot, but it's worth it. Uh, Likewise, if you see something that looks cheap, but it's a red dot, you could do better. Don't, Don't you wish we had the green red like everywhere in our lives? I know, like the grocery store, like, what's this bread's market value? Is this a good deal on milk? SeatGeek, tell me. Yeah, like, I want to trade, you know, I want to trade for a player in fantasy baseball, and SeatGeek comes along and says, that's not a good deal, that's a big red. (laughs) Here's the thing about millennials like us, Danny. We love going to events. We love sports events, we love concerts, we love everything. But we don't like spending money. We are the cheapest generation in a long time. It's true. And that's things like SeatGeek are how you get there. It's free to download the app. Use our promo code SFG20 and you'll actually get money back. You'll get a $20 rebate after your first purchase. That's promo code SFG20, San Francisco Giants 20. It will help support our show and get you some of your hard-earned money right back in your face. And, you know, don't tell them I told you this, but you can get that $20 whether you go to a Giants game or not. Uh, you know, that's, that's our little secret. Yeah, go to an A's game. Who cares? No, okay, don't go, don't go to an A's game. Let's not go crazy here. Well, you can go to a road game. <laughs> anyway, this has been a good week. You know, we, we, we finally had, we had holy mackerel. The Giants did well. Uh, I, you like I, that, don't you? I do like that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep using that. I've been using it. Played the uh, Marlins and the Padres consecutively, the holy <laughs> mackerel. And last week when we talked in this podcast, we uh, predicted how the Giants would do during the, you know, the latter part of this homestand. Um, I picked the correct number of games that you they would win. You said five of six. Uh, well, you're a genius. Yeah. Well, what I predicted was that they would win the the game again, the final game against the D-backs, and then take two out of three against both series. So you know, five of seven, uh, starting from last Thursday. They, they did take five of seven, but it was by sweeping the Padres, taking two out of three against the Marlins, and they dropped all four games against the D-backs. That's all just sequencing, Danny. I'll, I'll give you this one. Big ups, Danny. Thank you. Thank you. So, uh, you know, we saw yesterday, Tuesday, and today, Wednesday, were very different games. Absolutely. Tuesday, <laughs> a classic NL West showdown. I actually, I was going to do a, a bang it out deep dive research and see just how many one nothing, 2-1, or 3-2 games the Padres had lost in AT&T Park since 2000. Uh, I decided not to do that, but I'm just going to tell you it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, a no. lot of one-run games in AT&T. The whole torture era of 2010-2011 was based on us beating the Padres by one or two runs in AT&T Park. Yeah. Yeah. No, so so let's just look at that game. In that game, Johnny Cueto was magical. He, you know, he makes speeds, he tilted back, all the way back, not so back. You know, he did everything Johnny Cueto does through a one uh seven hits but complete game shutout. First one of the season strikeouts. for a Giants pitcher. First complete game. Yeah, and I would not have picked Johnny. I mean, Johnny Cueto is probably my second choice behind 
Garner, but it was masterful, particularly given that the Giants couldn't do anything at the, at the plate. I mean, they scored one measly run. So uh, that was a great game. Sequencing, Danny. It's important. <laughs> Meanwhile, you know, then uh, uh, Jeff Samarja today, you know, he pitched to the score. Yeah, and you don't like to say that because that just usually means you're pitching poorly. Oh, I don't think he actually did do that. It's just I I mean that entirely as a joke. I do think people believe that though. Right, and those people are wrong. Yes, because you'd much rather win nine nothing than nine eight. Yeah. So the Giants today. uh, What was the final score? Twelve nine. Thirteen. Twelve or thirteen nine. I haven't done my recap yet. So. So the the Giants look great. Uh, Duffy and Belt both. Tripled and doubled. Uh, Belt was a homer short of the cycle, although you, you can't really say homer short of the cycle. I mean, he's you can because it's the it's easier than hitting a triple. I get yeah okay. A triple short of the cycle is, is something that you shouldn't say. Triple short of the cycle means you have a single double and a home run. It means you were nowhere near the cycle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But Belt uh, did hit a sack fly to the warning track. So uh, count that as a home run. Yeah. So we, a, we got, got you there, Brandon. Home. It's a home run. <laughs> I don't know. Sounds good. So everyone on the team did well. Um, it, Jeff Samarjo looked shaky, but they got the runs when they needed them. Well, because I actually – and I actually had Brandon Crawford. I have this in the show notes as our breakout candidate of the week because when you look at the giant statistics, everyone's hitting kind of okay. You know, uh, Angel Pagan's having a good season. Pence and Posey are, are playing well. But then you look down the list and you say, okay, Duffy's batting average is on the rise. But Crawford is just kind of sunk down at the bottom. He hasn't really hit his stride yet. He's the one guy that hasn't been able to show a stretch of good hitting, uh, at least for an extended period yet this season. Yeah, I mean, so he's he's batting two thirty six, which is actually closer to his career average than uh than last year was but, but we want him to be a 256 260 guy at the bottom we want, right. that's where we want him to be right but yeah but you look down the line i mean today uh, duffy and belt each had three hits panic had two um uh, and like i mentioned uh, uh duffy and belt and also pence all had triples so that's a lot of fun and crawford I don't know. Are you even slightly worried about Crawford? No, I'm not worried. I'm just saying that's why I'm making him the breakout candidate of the week because I think this is the week he's finally the one to get it going. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I think you're right. Um, one of the things that's really interesting about this season, which, you know, one of the guys that, that we should talk about, and we saw it again today, is Hunter Pence is drawing all kinds of walks. Um, well, I mean, he's approaching a new part of his career where he can be – a little craftier because early in his career, you know, he's a swatter, you know, he pokes the ball all over the field. He swings really hard. He was hitting home runs. He's going to get to a point in his career where his body's going to begin to betray him and he can use his eye to add value to himself as a player. So So, yeah, this is good. Oh, it's definitely good. I just want to, I just want to point this out that in 2013 and 2014, both of which were, were very good years on the Giants for him, uh, in which he had an op- well in 2013 he had an OPS of 822, in 2014 777, both good years. Pence had 52 walks each year or total. E- each year. Okay. <laughs> uh, last year, in his you know injury shortened season, in 52 games, 207 at bats. Uh, he had 16 walks. This year, so far, he has 14. Wow. He is on pace to destroy those marks. Yeah. So, uh, let's see, 23 games through the season. I mean... You say seven. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. Let's just, you, you know, you can fudge and say seven. He's going to almost, I mean, he could easily double his 52 walk seasons. I mean, his career high is 58 which he did in 2009 on the Astros. I mean, he's going to probably, at this rate, set a new career high for for walks, which is great. Um, he also hasn't stolen any bases, but it it just doesn't really. I don't know. I, I think you're right that you know as he ages, that this is a new part of his game, and it's a very good part of his game because a lot of the time, you kind of see older players losing their plate discipline. Well, because they're reaching to try to become the player that they once were, 
you know, saying, I can't hit as many pitches, so I'm just going to swing at more of them to try and get on base. But if he can find this new way to get on base, then it will help him be more selective at the plate and, you know, mash his pitch. You know, as you get older, you don't see as many of your pitches, and the way to see more of them is to have good plate discipline. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think there's any negative spin we could put on this. I mean, it's a very, very positive development. And I, uh, what I really want to look at is fan graphs. Um, you can actually look at the percent that he's been swinging inside the zone and outside of the strike zone, stuff like that. And so uh, I'm just kind of delaying until I can pull that up. Oh, no, and that's okay because, I, I mean, I have another point. Also, when you still have the kind of speed that Hunter Pence has, you know, you say he hasn't been stealing bases. That's fine because he still adds value on the base path by being a fairly fast runner, and he's up there in the middle of a lineup that's pretty good. So um, he's going to have a lot of RBIs, but he's also going to have a lot of runs scored. So yeah, okay. I, I, think, I think that his value on the base path is good. Okay, so I – Here's here's some hard data to back this up. Um, overall, uh, uh, so his O swing percentage, his percentage of swinging, percentage of swings on pitches outside the strike zone, career percentage thirty two point two percent this year twenty one point eight. Very so good. So way way lower. Uh, Z swing, which is percentage of swings inside the strike zone. Wait, why uh, is it a Z? Is it zone? Uh, yeah, I guess okay. so. Outside and zone are my, are okay. my guess. So his Z swing percent career eighty sixty eight point seven percent this year sixty point three. So he's he's swinging way less overall. Even and it's, work, it, and it's working out for him. Even at pitches inside the zone, and his total swing percentage career forty eight point six percent this year thirty nine point four. Wow, that's a lot less. We'll see if the, we'll see how that. We'll keep an eye on that throughout the season, I guess. Yeah, his uh, his contact rate on pitches inside the strike zone is eighty five point one percent, which is actually identical to his career at, career percentage. But uh, yeah, no, I mean you're seeing way better discipline from him. Um, he uh, his O contact rate, which means contact rate on pitches outside the zone, is lower than his career totals, which. You know, maybe chicken and egg thing. I mean, if, uh, like you said before, if he's having a harder time pit, uh, hitting pitches outside the outside the strike zone, maybe he's just choosing not to swing anymore. Right. Which is good. It's a positive development. Danny, this sounds like an article you need to write. <laughs> maybe I'm it does. Wrong. No, really, I'm not kidding. Yeah. Uh, so no, it, it's it's good. It also means, I mean, this is a significantly lower gap than the other ones, but his swinging strike percentage. Career eleven point three this year ten point three, so he's missing less, which is also really good. Can we throw some love at another Giants player who needs some love? Yeah, Santiago Casilla one hundred career saves. Yeah, so Casilla comes into the game uh, yesterday, Tuesday night, and uh, there was some trouble in the bot in the in the. Top of the eighth inning, Casilla comes in to get a four-out save. And I believe this is Monday night, Danny. I'm, I'm sorry, because uh, Cueto went nine innings on Tuesday, as we mentioned. Right, right. Okay. Sorry. As, as you mentioned, uh, Monday night. But Casilla comes in to get a four-out save. Everyone on Twitter uh, says, oh, there's no way this could possibly go right, which is, I think, something that a lot of Giants fans feel with Casilla these days. Casilla shuts the door. You know, I think he allowed one base runner, but he, he got the save. And this is, you know, the state of the team right now is that, and you even saw this in today's game, in which they won in, you know, which looked like it was going to be a blowout, is this bullpen is just awful. Yeah, it's really not that good. And we'll get to that in part of our trivia segment later, at least on my end. But what I wanted to say about Casilla is just the whole journey. Because he was kind of a scrap heap guy who was fortunate just to be the sixth inning guy in 2010 to come in and maybe pitch a little in the seventh um, with Ram Ram, who was a person I just remembered about while thinking about <laughs> the, that The quiet team. Venezuelan guy in the corner who prays <laughs> yeah. a lot? Yeah, exactly. Um, just the rise and the, the sustainability of Santiago Casillas career. Relievers don't stick around for six, seven, eight, nine years all the time. You know, a guy who had as long of a career as Jeremy Affelt is very lucky yeah. to be that effective for that long. And Casilla has shown that level of not just sustainability, but he's gotten better. 
Yeah. You know, he became a closer at what age? Like 30? 32? Like how old? We don't even know how old he is now. <laughs> we don't know what his name is. I just want to take one second to tell the quick story about Ram Ram. Uh, Go for it. Uh, so Thomas and I went down to Fresno back when Fresno was the uh, Giants AAA team. And we interviewed Brandon Crawford. Handsome, boring man. Lovely, <laughs> lovely, boring man. Um, and we were chatting about the team. And Thomas says something. Thomas, who has been around a lot of clubhouses when he was a bat boy for the the single A? Yep, the, the high A affiliate of the Oakland Athletics. Or, right, and then the, the, the Modesto Rockies. A's turned Modesto Nuts. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, Thomas says, you know, oh, you're having fun with these guys. You know, it's interesting how there's they're they're always the same characters everywhere you go uh and one of them is there's always you know the quiet religious venezuelan guy in the corner and crawford just starts nodding and says yep ramirez <laughs> <laughs> it happens man elvis avendano i remember that guy in the clubhouse um i can't remember the name of the guy who it was the next season but yeah there's always these caricatures and always these profiles there's the the nick swisher type who's like the guy who's talking and no one's even listening but he's having the time of his life <laughs> there's always like the one guy who's in charge of dancing in the clubhouse and who puts on the music that everyone kind of rolls their eyes at but there's just all of these little subtypes in clubhouses that are so much fun and add to just the wonderful culture and allowing these grown men to act like children well into <laughs> their 30s Anyway, so that was fun. But yeah, let's go back to Casilla. So Casilla uh, was uh, – he came up with the A's. Uh, he had two saves, you know, two saves a year here and there. I mean that basically means the guy already blew the save and he came in or he was covering for somebody who would pitched, you know, three days in a row, stuff like that. He had 25 saves in 2012 for the Giants. That was his full time that he was actually – you know, that was the first time he had more than six in a season – and since 2012, I mean, during his time on the Giants, he has a 2.22 ERA. You know, and reliever ERA is not the best thing. But you know, when it's your inning, when you're the when you're the closer and you pitch the entire ninth inning, it means a little more than a guy who might come in with inherited runners. Yeah, absolutely. So 2.22 ERA, 1.150 WHIP, which is not that great, but it's still really impressive. It Casillas is a really good player and. As much as we don't trust him, as much as we may think that he's not going to finish the year in this role, you have to give this guy some credit. Well, how many how many fans and how many teams are out there are 100% happy with their closer? Seven? <laughs> <laughs> What's uh, the number of non-shaky closers in the league? It's well, probably in I, the single digits. Yeah, I mean, you know, probably the best closer in the league right now is Jonathan Papelbon and, you know, guard your necks. Yeah, hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your MVPs. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so congratulations, Hiro. We're we're very happy for you. Yeah, absolutely. One hundred saves, nothing to sneeze at. Also, um, everyone else in this bullpen looks terrible. So, oh my goodness, it's not well, like you know, it's not like Strickland is just waiting in the wings. You know, like like a Ken Giles type, or you know, one of these guys who has better numbers but isn't getting the job because of you know some misconception about closers. I mean, like Casillo may actually be the best reliever right now. Yeah, we can get into that a little bit later in the show because, like I said, it's going to come back in the trivia segment. Um, one thing I wanted to mention before we close out our opening segment – we don't really have segments, but before we close out here, Bruce Bochy still upset about Trapgate. Remind me what Trapgate is again? Uh, Matt Kemp dove for a ball in the outfield. Oh, that. <laughs> I can't say clearly trapped the ball, but I, I thought there was enough video evidence to see that the ball clearly was on the turf Yeah. at one point. And Bochy – Two days later, is still upset. Well, he he's petitioning MLB to you know retroactively overturn it and give Duffy a hit. They won the game. This is the game they won. <laughs> it's not going to change anything. But you know he's he's a player's manager. I mean he he thinks his guy got a hit. You know, an, uh, I was going to say an extra base hit, not an extra base hit, but yeah. So these replays, like they looked they looked like the giants won them and then i don't really know what happened i, I mean new york the umpires danny uh, are you invoking east coast bias right now <laughs> from the umpires uh i feel like that's a bit of a stretch you know but well they're in new york right now to to play another series friday through sunday that's true so maybe it's time for bochi to go down there directly uh, yeah no I, I i think that's a good idea although 
what's interesting that I heard one time, and I don't remember if it's actually true, but is that the umpires cycle through. So the same guys who are on the field, uh, you know, in San Francisco yesterday and today, you know, one of the stops in the rotation might be in the replay center. It's right. not just like a dedicated group who stays in there. Right, which I think is wrong. I think that is an incorrect way to officiate replays. I think having a solid cast of four to five techie dudes who can quick quickly memorize the baseball rules and can call it consistently across all of the games in the league, because the one thing is if you're going to call things one way or another, they should at least be called consistently. And if you can get a consistent group of people then it's at least going to make sense when things happen. Well, yeah, but none of the calls that get reviewed are subject to discretion. I mean, there's no strike zone. There's no, like, uh, what constitutes a balk. I don't know. Like, Right, but this trap, when the ball clearly hits the surface. Right, but there shouldn't be disagreement over what constitutes a trap. I mean, the only difference is whether they think that there's enough proof that it hit the ground. I mean, that's not like a, that's not an ideological difference. Yeah. Whereas Bach and Bob has an ideological difference that. Ooh, Bach and Bob. Bach and Bob Davidson. (laughs) You know, stuff like that. People who, who think that the rules work differently than they do. uh, That type of call, you should just not include, you know, people who have different opinions in New York, but. I don't think that there's anything to be gained for having the same group of people apply the same rules to the replays because they already do, and there's not really any room for them not to. Okay, new idea. Twitter should be in charge of all replays. Yes. <laughs> Twitter, that's what Twitter polls should be for. Oh, God. MLB oh, just puts idea. out Twitter polls, yeah. My favorite thing, by the way, about baseball and Twitter is, uh, do you remember the whole uh, Braves infield fly rule debacle a few years ago yes i do so up until so for a while the at mlb mlb twitter account had we also don't understand the infield fly rule as part of its bio you know that's not good just to be cheeky and funny right Uh as soon as that happened they deleted that You know, we know a thing or two about being cheeky. We don't know anything about being funny. But we also understand the infield fly rule. That is true. We do. A ball gets hit up in the air and there's guys on base. Somebody's got to be out. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, while, we're, while we're talking about 100s, you know, we talked about Casilla. Johnny Cueto, 100 wins. Congratulations to him. He's like the 12th Dominican-born pitcher to reach that plateau or something. Yeah. Uh, just, that's, that's good. I mean, good for, good for Dominican baseball and good for Johnny Cueto. And let's hope he gets to 200 as a member of the Giants. Yeah. You know, this year, maybe next year. You know, another plateau. Matt Cain finished the fifth inning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of plateaus. I don't think Johnny Cueto would like to would appreciate you know his his milestone being called a plateau, but anyway, uh, yeah, I guess that implies that uh, that not going to do too much work beyond here. But he'll, he'll stick around a hundred for a while. We're good. <laughs> so yeah, Matt Kane, how about that? It still wasn't the best performance. He still gave up four earned runs, but he didn't work this horrible bullpen to death. Yeah, I mean, he tried. He tried. <laughs> I mean, Bochy keeps setting him up for at bats. Yeah, that's something that Bochy's been doing a lot. You know, uh, not only leaving a pitcher in a little bit longer than he should, but having him bat. Like, like, what's the deal with that? If it's not Madison Bumgarner or Jeff Samarja, take him out. <laughs> but for who is the other question? I mean, how do you feel now that Connor Gillespie... Connor Gillespie. Gillespie. Right, it was Cole, Cole Gillespie. Cole you used to make fun of me for this. Well, that's because you would print, you would say Conor Giuseppe just to be yeah to make him Italian. Okay, Conor Gillespie. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know he would. I mean, he's back on the team. Is he? Does he change your mind about how good this bench is and whether you'd rather have some bench bat batting? No, but he hits better than Matt Kane. Does he? Does yes. he? Yes, he does, Danny. <laughs> I I don't make me go to the notes for this. Yeah, I know. So, 
So what do we have to take away from these starts? You know, we've seen Kane kind of do the same thing over and over again. I mean, four times now. You know, it's getting to the point where this may just be who he is. I have maybe one or two more starts worth of patience, and I don't suggest taking him out of the rotation because he's pitching, I believe, well enough to stay in the rotation. But I may not be convinced that three, three plus or four minus ERA Matt Cain is ever coming back. So one of the, one of the things that was uh, speculated for Matt Cain is that, you know, which is something we talked about last time is that he didn't get a full spring training because he had this cyst issue. And so maybe he's still working back his stamina, right? What's Jake Peavy's excuse? Uh, he's not a very good pitcher anymore. <laughs> so let, so let's look at Matt Cain. You know, uh, he got seven swinging strikes, you know, whiffs this whole in the whole game. That's not very good. Um, but you look at his, if you look at his uh, pitch speed per pitch, right? So as the game went on, he was sitting around 90, you know, he reached 92. His fastest pitch was 92.6. Um and then right around pitch, let's say, 86, he completely lost all semblance of velocity. And from 86 to 100, he threw one pitch above 90, and the rest were hovering around 85. So he's becoming Barry Zito in the late innings? He's <laughs> That's not good. Uh, it's not, not even good. the late innings, the mid innings. I don't actually know if he was just throwing his changeup on purpose or if his fastball became his changeup. Oh, but, uh, I mean, pre- that does support the idea that he's fine for the first 80 pitches, right? I mean, which is something we've actually seen in the games. He looks fine. He looks perfectly fine. And then he just loses it. So you're just saying Bochi needs a quicker trigger finger? Bochi needs a quicker trigger finger. And or Kane is working himself into game shape. But do you let him work that out on the mound? Or do you let him work that out in between his starts? I mean, we don't... So Heston's in AAA. We don't really have a, a long reliever anymore. Well, we have we? 13 pitchers, Danny. It's not, right, but nobody, they're all bad. Nobody's arm is falling they're off. They're all bad. Where's Yusmero Petit? He's in wa- Washington. Get Yusmero Petit on the phone. <laughs> Jonathan Papelbon is choking him right now. I I mean, 13 relievers is not enough when they're all bad. They're not all bad, Danny. Who's the best reliever right now? Derek Law. He was, and then he blew up too. He didn't blow up. I mean, he gave up a bunch of runs in a game that the Giants were still trying to win. None of those were earned, Danny. None of those were his runs. <laughs> Uh, that, that, uh, okay, that now he's being our, overly optimistic. I know. that. Can that work us into our trivia segment? Because my trivia question has to do with the bullpen. Sure. So let, let's leave that behind. So far. I think that Kane is going to be better in a month than he is now. And I think you just have to keep trying because, because there's nothing else they can do. I unless they the call hook, up Clayton Blackburn. I think the hook should be coming sooner. If you're going to have 13 relievers... You don't want that fifth and sixth inning Matt Cain. You don't want that post-80 pitch Matt Cain in the game right now. And have him, if he needs to work on strength, work on it in between starts or in bullpen sessions or side sessions where guys can't hit the ball out of the park. Yeah. So I want his work and his strength building to happen not on the mound in game action. That's my point that I'm trying to make. Yeah. No, I mean, I I agree. I just mean that, like... uh, as it is now, if you if you're relying on four innings of bullpen work for every cane start, the way the bullpen is now, that's usually a loss. Hmm. Yeah, that's a good point too. But it really seems like the way to win the game is at least to have. I think everyone in the bullpen is better than Matt Kane in the sixth inning. That's probably true. Yeah, that I mean that's just the way I'm thinking about it. I think that. That has to be true. Okay, I have my trivia question for you. Okay. Do you, do you want to go first or should I go first? I'm going to go first. I'm going to okay. go right now because then we can talk about something afterwards. What Giants reliever has pitched the most innings this season with 10 and one-third innings? Who is the most used Giants reliever so far? Huh. 
this answer was different yesterday, but it changed today, and the feeling, the 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 motivation of me asking this question is still there. Okay, so I'm going to use the hint that it was someone who pitched today, which leads helps, me helps that you watched a game, or at least listened to a game. Yeah. Uh, Mike Broadway? Dude, he's not even been on the team the whole year. <laughs> it's Corey Guerin. Oh, okay. Uh, coming into yesterday or coming into today, it was Josh, Josh Osich, who I'm going to stop swearing when I say his name <laughs> by accident on live radio in the mornings. Um, yeah, Osich was yesterday's answer. Today's answer, though, Corey Guerin. Right, I forgot Guerin pitched today. Though, who are those guys? Why are they pitching the most innings of anyone in our bullpen? Why are they our two bullpen studs right now? Well, I don't know. You know, if you <laughs> go to, to if you go to roster resource, which you know is obviously uh, it, it builds depth charts for each team, not based on official words from the team, but kind of how the guy you know sees each team, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it lists Casilla as the closer, obviously, and the two setup men as Strickland and Garen. That's weird. Which, you know, it's is probably true, right? Oh, my goodness. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. I mean, who's the second Who's the second best non-Casilla reliever right now? I think it's Derek Law. But that's based on, like, three innings. Five. <laughs> <laughs> Five is like three. In that it's less than 10.1? Yeah. Uh, I, we, we don't have to talk about this nightmare of a bullpen anymore. I want yeah. my trivia question. Okay, I'm going, to give you, I'm going to give you your trivia question. So I heard this on the radio. So this is a John Miller factoid. Is and it about I, birds? No. And I heard it, I think, about a week and a half ago. But as far as I know, it, it's the same. Um, and the question is, uh, this is a multi-part question. Of course it is. Uh, how many of the members of the Giants 40-man roster were mm-hmm. either drafted or originally signed by the Giants? It's a lot. Well, so the first and the first part of this answer is that it's the most of any team. Yes, I, I have seen that statistic. I don't know if I've seen the exact number. Okay, well, I'll just tell you the number and then the trivia question will go on from there. To try to name them all? There are 27 of the 40, wow. 40 who were drafted or originally signed by the Giants, okay. which means 13 were acquired in some way. Okay. So I could ask you to name all 13. Uh, a lot of them are really easy. The acquisitions? Yeah. Yeah, no, Hunter Pence, so, Okay, so I, I wanna, I'm going to go. I'm gonna ask you to name all 13. Of the acquisitions? Okay. All 13 uh, who were not Originally drafted or signed by the Giants. Okay, 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 okay. Um, Hunter, all four outfielders. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Blanco, Pagan, Pence, and... and double uh, points if you span. can name what team they came from. Uh, Blanco was last on the Braves. Pagan was on the Mets. Pence was on the Phillies. And Denard Span was on the Washington Nationals. Right, but what team drafted them? Oh, <laughs> Okay. Get out of here. Well, Blanco was drafted by or signed yeah. by the Braves, but I don't have the other guys right in okay, front of so me. So we're four into that. Okay. Uh, PV. Yeah, Padres. Um, Samarja and Cueto. Cubs and Reds. Yeah. Uh, this is where it's going to start to get interesting. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you an. I'll give you one more hint. Uh, no, no, hold on. Let me. Let okay. Me, let me. Let me finish. Santiago Casilla. Yes, A's. That is correct. Um. Okay, what is your hint now? The hint oh, is, uh, Javier Lopez, Lopez. Yes, correct. Okay. The hint is that they're all on the active roster. Oh, that's good. Um, so guys off the bench are Mac Williamson? Nope. He, he was drafted by the yeah, Giants. Yeah, I thought so. Um, Kelby? Another... Is Kelby homegrown? Kelby's homegrown. It's homegrown. Okay, sorry. What, what, are, what are your other qualifications now? How that's many it. am I at, by the way? What? How many am I at? You are at nine. I'm missing four? Yeah. Oh, I, I well, my last hint will be will make it really easy. Are they all in the bullpen? They are all in the bullpen. <laughs> yeah, and they're all on the active roster. So, um, well, oh, are they, are they just on the forty man? 
No, no, no. They're all on the 25, man, but the DL I'm counting toward the 25, man. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know, Dan. You're going to have to just tell me because I don't know which one specifically. Okay. Well, Contos was a Yankee. Oh, uh, yes. Okay. He's on the uh, DL. Garen and Broadway were both Braves. Oh, they came over in the what trade? Uh, I believe they may have just signed. Although I'm not sure about that. Thomas and Danny speculate about trades <laughs> Giants may have made in past years. Uh, well, let's see. Where is Corey Garrett? And the last one, which is the one that took me about 20 minutes to find while we were trying to start this episode, is Hunter Strickland. Originally drafted by the Red Sox. Ah, and see, I would claimed have off that. of waivers. Okay, I was gonna say it would be really funny if your your the last answer we got to was Corey Garin because that was the answer to my trivia question. <laughs> no, Garin uh, signed as a free agent for, uh, with the Giants after he was released by the Braves. Um, Broadway, I'm not sure about. Okay, but it just goes to show you that we never know who's going to be a good reliever or a good fourth outfielder. I mean, our two setup men right now are, were both dropped, you know, either DFA'd or cut by their teams and picked up um, either through waivers or through free agency by the Giants, and they just figured something out. So there you go. That's a lot of homegrown players, though. Yeah, how about that? My goodness. Could you have imagined that would be the case like 10 years ago? No, because I've said this a million times in the show. I look back at a time like 2002, and it was the complete opposite. Where yeah. there were three or four homegrown guys, and the whole rest of them were all acquisitions or free agent signings or trades or you know stuff like that. Yeah, and where you know Brian Sabian was signing Michael Tucker to try to give away a first round draft pick. <laughs> you, you, you don't want to hold on to too many of those. <laughs> anyway, so uh, so yeah, I, I like that stat from John Miller, and I like I like looking at this team. I have a couple more things I want to bring up before I, I absolutely praise you. Okay. Oh, um, I'm, I'm a little nervous about that. The part of the show I didn't send you was complete and utter praise of Daniel Zarchi. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Okay. How are you feeling about Roberto Kelly right now? You mean in his, like, sending runners? Sending runners before they've reached third base when the left fielder has the ball already? What's uh, up with that? Like, who are you talking about? He sent, I believe, Blanco the other day when the left fielder was already reaching for the ball in his glove. Blanco had not yet touched third base. That's just insane. Yeah, but it's also Yelich who doesn't have an arm. I mean, he, he ended up throwing he him out. He has an arm. He doesn't have an arm, but he <laughs> has something attached to his shoulder. I know. I don't mind them Jim being Ab- – I, I don't mind them being – aggressive you know especially when it's a guy who doesn't have a good arm out out in the outfield and especially when you have a fast runner like like blanco i mean i don't think you can point at specific i i think that was defensible and if you know seven times out of ten yelich overthrows that or underthrows it or misthrows it or something like that then nobody cares, and everyone will praise him for being aggressive. I want Tim Flannery to come back for the playoffs. <laughs> oh my God, that's Tim Flannery's music, and it'd be great because it would actually be Tim Flannery's music. Yeah, <laughs> he plays guitar and sings. Uh, yeah, that that would be nice. All right, one more a stat I noticed. I, I left this in the show notes. Gregor Blanco has not hit a double this season. He has hit three triples. Yeah, how about that? He Stop hit two the in the same man. game. Stop at second, just one time. <laughs> Gregor Blanco's really good. I love Gregor Blanco. He's, Teams would be so happy to have him as their fourth outfielder. I, w- I would be happy to have him as a third outfielder if we didn't have a good third outfielder. I wouldn't be that happy. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be so, Something went wrong if Gregor Blanco is your third outfielder. But I mean, it's more, not something went wrong. Nothing went right. <laughs> well, and if Gregor Blanco inevitably is our third outfielder by the end of the year it's because something went wrong but we'll be in a better position than most teams if they had lost their third outfielder exactly and when you have three guys playing in one large grassy area someone's bound to get hurt i mean look at kyle schwarber god yeah well so we kind of predicted that 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 injury might torpedo the the cubs and we were wrong who boy (laughs) did we predict that no but we said it might happen well (laughs) 
gonna say I, I don't remember sinking the Cubs based on Schwarber's injury. Um, but one team in Chicago we do need to talk about and continue to talk about because your Chicago White Sox are on fire. Yeah, how about that? I need to look up if they won today, but they had won five in a row, and I checked my notes this morning. I told you. And they're on top of the AL Central. Let me see. CHW. They won again today. They've won six yeah, in a row. Yeah, they beat our World Series pick, the Toronto Blue Jays. They swept them. My so, goodness, Danny. So I also got the Blue Jays wrong. <laughs> I mean, you can't be right or wrong about anything yet, but clearly something is going right with this White Sox team, and I'm going to tell you what it is. It's the pitching. Yeah. Yeah. Only the Nationals have given up fewer runs. Um, I mean, I have to make sure that's still true because the Nats gave up some runs today, probably. So, and the White Sox did not. The White Sox have only given up runs scored against. God, this is a horrible way to run my life. Okay, <laughs> runs against fifty-three. Washington's given up fifty-two. Yeah, so still the second least in the league. And I've actually been looking at Jose Quintana's numbers. This guy is legit. Jose Quintana don't get no respect. He doesn't get any respect. He's had mid mid to low three ERAs the last couple of seasons. This year, he's pitching amazing. Yeah. And I looked at his peripherals. He's got a normalized BAPIP. He's got a normal strikeout-to-walk ratio for his career. He's just giving up a lot of soft contact and not allowing any runs. Yeah. No, Jose Quintana is, I mean, he's not Chris Sale, but he's a very, very good pitcher. He doesn't have to be because Chris T- Sale exists. <laughs> and you can say what you want about Matt Latos is eventually going to fall off the edge of a cliff. But I still think they're going to be in pretty good shape having two essentially 1A and 1B aces. If they can just find a way to score some runs, maybe acquire a bat at the trade deadline. If you have, you know, 40 wins going into the 50 wins going into the trade deadline, 60 wins, then, you know, you can compete. Yeah, I mean, and they have Melky Cabrera batting like 320 for them right now. So there you go. And it's not that tough of a division. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think Cleveland was going to be that good. And, you know, they're kind of the trendy sleeper year after year. And, yeah, you well, know, now, now Carlos Carrasco is hurt. So yeah. I really don't think they're going to win that division. Well, I mean, we saw this division as wide open just in the fact that the consensus was one team. You picked another team. I picked the Tigers, you know. So just the fact that we were all over the board, we knew this division was going to be like this. Yeah. So, I mean, just congratulations, man. That's a really good pick. Thank you. I, uh, the, the Mariners are also leading the AL West, just like we all predicted. <laughs> and the Astros are horrific. God. The Astros are horrific. Are they just, I mean, was it a one-year wonder, or are they going to turn it around, or I what? I think it happened one year too early, too late. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, because that was the whole narrative last season, is that the Astros were early. Now what are they? <laughs> I don't know. Stuck They're... with the bill? Yeah. <laughs> Uh yeah, I mean you know we we also picked so we both picked the Blue Jays. They're ten and thirteen, so they're kind of waiting for their uh, their their killer offense hasn't really blossomed yet. Um, yeah, they're at the bottom of their division in runs. They're towards the bottom of Major League Baseball in runs this season. Which in runs scored, they are at uh, the bottom. They're in second in the division. They're in third place in the division. For oh, sorry, I was sorry, I was reading the wrong team. I was reading Tampa Bay. My apologies. Yeah. No, they, the, the Blue Jays have scored 91 runs, which is actually better than anyone in the, in the AL Central. They've given up 97. Yeah. Which is as many as the Twins have given up, which is right. not good. Well, the it, Twins cannot pitch. And going based on last year, I mean, the, the Blue Jays were always going to be a team that gave up a lot of runs, but they were going to score even more. And that just that part hasn't happened yet. The, the giving up runs has has happened fully. Danny. The Reds have given up 131 runs on the season. My God. Yeah, that is atrocious. That's more than the Rockies and the, the uh, Diamondbacks who play also in band boxes. Combined. No. <laughs> no, that's not true. <laughs> Just kidding. So speaking oh. of the Reds, the Giants are going to Cincinnati after they go to New York. But You're getting you know. some skyline chili? Uh, so the Giants are going to New York. They're going to face you know the Mets' crazy good pitching staff, and then they're going to go to Cincinnati and feast. Uh, do you want to? So, do you want to? Do you want to uh, make predictions about the six games between now and next Wednesday night? Well, I'm going to start. I'm going to look up some probables for the Mets series because I haven't seen which of the absolute monsters that they're going to face. Okay, so I have that here. Okay, so on Friday it's going to be PV against Mats. So it's going to be you know the 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 down card. 
Yeah, but Matt's a much better pitcher than PV. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, Saturday, Kane versus Degrom. Advantage. Oh. Uh, I, I don't know. We'll see. Shut up, Danny. <laughs> and then Sunday, Bumgarner Syndergaard. That is that is a damn good game. It's a good game, and also one we do not hold the advantage in <laughs> no. <laughs> because Noah Syndergaard. We talked about this on, I believe, Sports Pub or something on 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 uh, KSCO. He might be the best pitcher in baseball, not named Clayton Kershaw. So here's my question, and maybe this is oversimplifying things, but Buster Posey can hit a role as Chapman really well. Right? We've seen that before. Okay. Do you think that makes him, and the Giants in general, who I feel like they hit against Chapman pretty well, or maybe I'm just thinking of Posey, but I feel like Aurelius Chapman is not super effective against the Giants. Do you think that means that this team is good at hitting velocity? Um, like when you go, when, when you're looking at another game against a, you know, somebody who hits triple digits like Syndergaard, can you use those matchups as kind of a, a basis to say that maybe he's not going to be, or they're not going to be intimidated by the velocity? Syndergaard's a little different because he's coming from that that angle, you know, that Randy Johnson angle where the really really tall angle, the ball looks like it's coming from first base, <laughs> you know. So it's not just a hundred; it's a hundred from a weird angle and with movement. That's been the problem with Syndergaard this season; it's just impossible to see. So. I, I can. You want to look at a guy like Hunter Strickland when you want to look at whether guys can catch up to heat or not, because that guy just has straight heat, and it comes down the middle of the zone, right in your wheelhouse. Okay, so, so I take back what I said. The Giants are batting a collective two oh nine against. Uh, that's <laughs> against pretty the good. Chapman. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> It's, it's not. The, it's it's not the better worst. than everyone else. Yeah. Uh, the the league as a whole is batting one fifty four against Chapman. Danny, I'm going to do you a solid. Yeah. I'm going to buy you a beer if you can tell me any of the three pitchers the Giants are facing in the Red Series. Who oh boy. Uh, let's see. Is Good. one of them Brandon Finnegan? On Monday. I owe you a beer, my friend. Okay. Wait. I'm going to keep guessing. <laughs> I'm not going to buy you a uh, second beer. Logan Verrett? No. Because I think Disclafani is still hurt. Um. The other two guys they are facing are John Mosco or Moscot. Oh yeah, Mos- Mosco. I've I, I have no idea. The, the Mosco Mule. <laughs> <laughs> and then on Wednesday, our old friend Dan Straley. Oh, Dan Straley, right? PV versus Straley. Oh, that's a nine thirty-five a.m. start on Monday. So good luck. <laughs> good luck getting up for that one, guys. Thank you. So I, I just want to clarify something you were talking about. Syndergaard is six six. Wait, Syndergaard is 6'6"? Six, six? Yeah, which is tall, but it's not freakishly tall. I thought he was taller than that. I thought he was closer to like 6'8 or 6'9. Yeah, you said that before, and that's why I finally looked it up. Maybe I'm a crazy person. You know, your word's not mine. But... I just pictured him as a Viking. Yeah, no, he is, you know, the, the Norse god of thunder and lightning. But Oh, he's only 6'6". Six, six. Maybe it's the hair that makes him seem taller. <laughs> That, that that quite that could be it. Um, no, well, the mound so, is taller, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes, Thomas. Thanks. So, it's safe to say the Giants do not have the edge in any of those uh, matchups. But then you look ahead at the at the Red series, and I think we do have have them. But let's go ahead and predict. So, six games. What do you think happens? Can we call this the Red Metting? Uh. If we need to do another six-game set, can I okay. keep doing these? Yes. How long can I keep doing these? I think you should keep doing them as the long red, as it works. The red metting. Perfect. Okay. A bit of beheading. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, really, you just have to grind through and try to win one of those Mets games and then just take care of the Reds. I mean, there's nothing you can do when you run into DeGrom and Syndergaard other than, other than to say, thank God I didn't have to face Harvey, too. Well, Harvey's bad now. I don't know if you've heard. I'm, I'm, I'd still worry about the Giants facing Matt Harvey. Yeah, yeah. I'd so, still rather face Stephen Matz, and they will. So you're predicting uh, four wins, one and three? Uh, I'm going to say two wins. Total. Between the, uh, between the series, because I don't think they win any games against the Mets. Okay. I'm going to predict three wins. Okay. Probably one and two. 
Okay, I can see that. Uh, but like I said, if they're going to win one, it's going to be because they scraped one together. Yeah, I mean, the Giants also randomly bring it against good pitchers. You know, they, they clobbered Jose Fernandez pretty well. Yeah, they they don't hit Kershaw at all. Sure, uh, selectively. <laughs> I mean, they beat Kershaw once in a while, but it's usually because the Dodgers don't show up. Yeah. So uh, that that should be a good series. I highly encourage you all to check out Bumgarner Syndergaard. That's going to be a matchup for the ages. You know, two guys really both coming into their prime. So, or Bumgarner who's skating through his prime. <laughs> That's what he's doing. All right, Danny, we're going to remind the people at home to support our show and to find great tickets online, to download the SeatGeek app and use our promo code SFG20. You'll get a $20 rebate on your first purchase through SeatGeek. Concerts, sports, Giants, Warriors, Sharks, A's. There's so much going on in the Bay Area right now. Please check it out. And it's worldwide if you live overseas, if you live across the coast and are a Giants fan. Go attend a game. Take your kids. Take your wife. SFG20. Yeah, go watch the Giants in New York and get some Shake Shack and uh, you know, send go some to over Finnerty's. here. Go to Finnerty's pregame. Okay, but also Shake Shack. <laughs> okay, I've never been to a Shake Shack. I, I haven't either, but Ashley went and she won't stop talking about it. Okay. Shake Shack. God, Shake Shack is so good. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, uh, also check us out on our sister podcast, Coach's Decision on KSCO. We talk about all sports. I was not on it this week, so you don't have to listen to it. But Thomas says it was pretty good without me. Our show is called Inflategate, the Jamarcus Russell story. I feel like I should understand that reference. He got fat. Okay, there you go. So listen to them talking about fat football players. Listen to us talking about the Giants. Leave us comments. Leave us reviews on iTunes. Again, that's Coach's Decision. This is Giants Pod or Two Guys a Glove and a Coke Bottle. Check us out on Twitter. I'm Giants Pod. He's Giants Todd. Send us an email. Leave us a review. We're everywhere. Thomas? I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere, man. And with that, go Go Giants. Giants.